welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. Now with that, let's go ahead and get into the word of God. We're in Matthew this morning, Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 19. And this is Jesus speaking. And when you have it, let me know you have it. Say, I've got it. All right. We got one person with their Bibles, everyone else. <laughs> we got it. We got it up here. And it says this again. It's Matthew 11, 16 through 19. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Amen. I've entitled today's message, Critic. And I want you to repeat something after me. I'm going to ask you to do something. And you just, just trust that I, I would never ask you to repeat something that wasn't true. There's a lot of truth to this statement, okay? You're just going to have to trust your pastor. I want you to repeat, with, uh, repeat this after me in a loud voice. Everyone's a critic. Even me. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. Everyone's a critic, even me. Me. That's incredibly true. Everybody is a critic. You know, you know, even even myself. And I, I try not to criticize people often. And I don't think that I do it often. And when I do it, I, I, I think I tend to criticize more the actions of the person, not so much the person themselves. It's super harmless. But like, for an example, uh, the other day I was scrolling through my through my Instagram feed and um, I saw a picture. It was like four pictures in one post. And I, I was looking at it and it had so much potential to be a good picture because like the content was good. Um, the, the subject was good, but I was going through them and I'm like, golly, it was so blurry and grainy and, and dark. And I'm like, they're, they're publishing this so everyone can see. And that's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know. It's super like bougie. I know. But but like like when I look at pictures like that, I think to myself, man. You, this is not like 2001 when you had a disposable camera and you go to Walgreens and you just see how you hope that they turned out okay, right? You can see the image that you're taking a picture of, right? And so, why would you capture a terrible looking moment? And and so, I I turned around to Melissa, I was like, babe, I cannot in good conscience give this photo a like. (laughs) Everyone else was liking it, but I was, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, so that's just, that's a little bit of an example of, of me kind of criticizing. Something that people do. And uh, another example, the Grammys were last week. I don't know if anybody watched the Grammys. I didn't didn't watch them. But those events are notorious for criticism, right? I mean, people criticize performances, uh, acceptance speeches, uh, wardrobe choices, right? Um, I did see one photo of of Katy Perry, and I have it up here, her outfit. Did y'all see that? You better believe I'm going to criticize that. Looking like a pink paint roller right that so you know and and we we criticize we criticize everything you can you can 
get out of that. I don't want that to be a distraction. Uh, but but we, we criticize all the time. We criticize what people say, how they say things. Melissa's always turning to me saying, did you, did you hear her tone? Like, that was rude, right? I'm like, babe, no, it's just the way she talks. Like, we criticize everything in our life and everyone in our lives. That's why I said everyone's a critic, even me. And that's where I think this begins. We have to realize that we're not always the victims because we don't always realize when we're the ones doing the criticizing, when we're in those what we think are innocent conversations with other people and we talk about how things should be. If you're, ever, if you're ever having a conversation with someone and, and talking about how things should be, you're probably criticizing someone. So-and-so should be doing this. Pastor shouldn't have said that. This ministry needs to be doing more of this. We've all taken part in those conversations. But unless it's constructive, I've said this before, it's just criticism. And criticism on its own without the constructive aspect of it it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And if we're trying to build a healthy group of believers, a healthy church, we need to abstain from these kinds of speech. Amen. I was asked to be a, an evaluator at, at District Fine Arts. And I, Melissa told me that I think we registered like 18 kids, 19 kids for fine arts this year. That's awesome. We haven't seen those numbers since like since I was a kid. And so that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see um, what they're going to be doing. And we're going to have a special fine art service um, coming up. But um, they, they asked me to, to be an evaluator at, at the District Fine Arts. I've done it in the past before. Um, I usually always do like the musical, like the music categories. This time I'm, I'm, I'm uh, evaluating the, the sermons. So moving up in the world, right? Um, I've always enjoyed doing it. Every time they ask me and I'm able to do it, I say yes, because I love, I love doing it. Uh, for, for, for one reason, they, they take care of us, they feed us, and that's, that's all great. But, but like the actual performances, I am so excited to see what this new generation is going to bring to ministry. And so I, I just love it. And, and on the evaluator sheets, you have different sections that you can uh, critique and, and you can score them. And on the side... They're, they leave uh, some room for comments. So I love being able to, you know, kind of pour into their, their, their ministry development and, and give them, you know, good constructive criticize, uh, criticism and that, that's going to build them up and it's going to help them. Um, but let me tell you something, man. Not everyone who wants to sing, for example, can sing. And so sometimes I'm thinking to myself, what youth pastor let them Take the stage. What, what parent said, Miha, you can do it? And I know that sounds mean, but like not everyone can do everything, okay? Every kid has potential, but that doesn't mean that they all have potential to do one particular thing. And so sometimes I'm watching these performances, and you know when it's nerves. Like nerves is, is one thing. Nerves will completely botch a performance. But when it's nerves plus you just don't have a good voice to sing, it's really bad. So sometimes at the end of the performance, I'm, 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 I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to word this? How, I'm, how am I going to provide the best constructive criticism to them? Because I don't, I don't want to lie to them. I don't want to make them think that they've got it. But I, don't, I also don't want to like tear down their, their dreams. So it's, it's, really, it's really hard sometimes to, to provide the constructive criticism. I could easily just turn to the other evaluators at the table and straight up criticize them. 
Like, bro, that, did you hear her? Did you hear how flat she was? That was, that was terrible. What, what were her parents thinking? What was she thinking, right? But how am I helping the person that I'm criticizing? I'm not, right? And as, as, as godly people, church, we need to understand that, that whenever we become the critic, if we're doing it just to complain or just to vent or just to gossip or just to turn down, uh, I'm sorry, tear down, we're not edifying. And as believers and laborers of the kingdom of God, if we're not building up the kingdom, listen to this, if we're not building up the kingdom, we're either tearing it down or we're sleeping on the job. Either way, it's bad and it's not healthy to the body of Christ. So if you're going to be a critic, because everyone's a critic, why not at least be a constructive one? One that builds, one that edifies, one that pours and, and, and speaks life into your brothers and your sisters in Christ. That's how we build up the temple. Remember that song, building up the temple, building, right? And then, and then you say, brother, come and help me. What, what if in that song they said, oh, not that brother, because I, like I don't like what he's wearing. I don't, she talks too much, not her. The other brother, you come and help me, not that one. It doesn't go like that, right? We're all part of the same kingdom. We need to work together to build each other up and edify one another. Now, I want to shift the focal point a little bit. Jesus, he's getting after those in this text who criticize the truth because they're blind to the truth. He's talking to a generation of people who are so stubborn, even though they've seen the miracles that Jesus has done, even though he has proven himself worthy and, and, and to be the Messiah time and time again, they still refuse uh, to see it. He's talking to toxic people. Any toxic people in here? Say, hey. No. We don't need toxic people in the church, man, because toxic people just create more toxic people. If you've got friends that are toxic, bro, get, get rid of them. Get rid of them before they make you toxic. Pray for them. Be an example for them. But do all of that at a distance. Because toxic people, they don't realize that they're toxic. You, re- you see that? Like To them, everyone else is the problem. And they're never wrong. No matter how much truth you bring to them, no matter how much evidence you present in front of their face, they're, they're, they're not wrong. Everyone else is wrong. The evidence is, is false. They're never the problem. And in an argument, if you're ever having an argument with a toxic person and you're, you're giving your case and you're talking to them and you're trying to explain to them something, they're not even listening to you. They're, not, they're just waiting for the moment you stop talking so that they can get a word in. Those are toxic people. And unfortunately, unless there's a major awakening that takes place in their lives and Jesus does something incredible, there's very little hope for toxic people because they're so stubborn. I was talking... I have, a, I have a barber, and uh, I, I, t- I tell Melissa this all the time. I'm like, man, it was a new story from, from my barber. I don't want to say his name just in case he watches on <laughs> Facebook, but he knows who he is because I said barber. <laughs> I didn't think that through, but okay. Uh, but I like this guy. I like this guy because uh, he, he's a good barber, you know, and, and he, he makes me look my best with the very little hair that I have. I mean, he just, he, he does it. He, he gets me and he's a cool guy. And sometimes Melissa says she always sees us giggle together. We, we just have a nice conversation, but a lot of the time he's just telling me a story of which he's always the victim every single time. And I hate to say it because I, I love this guy, but he is the definition of a toxic person. 
every week, week after week, I can expect an earful of him telling me how he got done wrong. And the car salesman sold him a lemon and and his business partner bailed on him. And he tried to go get his job back, but but his boss didn't want him back. And and so like he's telling me all these things all the time. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, dude, I think you're the problem, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe some of the people that you're surrounding yourself with, maybe they're the issue, too. But but you got to take some ownership for for your life, because every time he's talking, he, the other day he was talking about how uh, Walmart messed up his like layaway order, and I'm, I'm like, dude, every time I can't I can't tell him these things because he's got his razor <laughs> up to my throat, you know, doing my 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 beard. So, but Jesus was a little bit different because he would man he would call it like he saw it, and so he says he says, what am I to say about this generation? Have you ever told that to your kid? What am I going to do with you? What am I? I I don't even know what to do with you. Dad would tell me that all the time. Jesus says, what am I to say about this generation? What could I compare this generation to? And so he compares them in the text. He compares them to children who go out and they play a game. And um, I I had to do a little bit of studying on that that particular text because I didn't didn't really understand what the comparison was, where where it came from. And um, I found out that during the time and place of Jesus, um, kids would would play pretend wedding and pretend funeral. Um, I, I played pretend wedding once with the girl I liked. It was her idea, though. Okay, it was her idea. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, but but they would these kids they would go outside and they'd have these pretend weddings and and funerals and. And these events were so much more celebratory than, than the way that we celebrate them today. I mean, a wedding's a big deal, um, but in, in ancient Roman culture, they lasted for, you know, five to seven days. Uh, funerals were huge events as well. So they, they were really major events that these kids would, would, would want to play, right? So, so then Jesus says, back in that, in that text, he says, we played the flute and you did not dance. That translates to the kids saying, hey, you said you were going to play wedding, but you're not playing right. In a wedding, you're supposed to be happy and everyone's joyful and, and, and everyone's dancing. And I was playing music and you weren't dancing. You're not playing the game right. Or, hey, we're supposed to be playing funeral. But when I started singing my song to mourn the dead, you didn't cry. Don't you know how to play funeral? What's wrong with you? You're not playing right. And I, as soon as I you know, did this study, I... I I quickly related it to Layla and, and Haley because a lot of times one will come in the room and, 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 you know, she's crying because the other one didn't want to play the game that the other one wanted to play or, or one of them just got bored before the other one did. Kids are so fickle, man, when it comes to everything. But <laughs> one time Layla was playing hide and seek with, and I can't remember who it was with, but she was playing with somebody and, and while the other kid was was hiding Layla comes up to me and and she she extends her arms I think she was tired she says daddy pick me up and I'm like aren't you supposed to be looking for someone right now she's like yeah but I I'm I'm tired I don't want to play anymore so savage right she just left the other kid like in a closet like indefinitely (laughs) I had to go and find the other person um but and, and kids you know they're never satisfied with with the game they're always trying to find something to complain about they make up their own rules as it benefits them Especially if they're losing. Mm. <laughs> if you ever want to see a person's true colors, man, play Monopoly with them. Right? 
you want to, if you really want to see if someone's a Christian, play Monopoly with them and then make them the banker, right? Now watch them like a hawk. Monopoly, everyone has their own, you know, way of, of playing a game, right? Everyone kind of has their own rules. And it's, it's never by like the actual Monopoly rules. And I don't really enjoy playing Monopoly with new people because they have their own rules that I'm not comfortable with, right? The way that I used to play with my, with my family, with the, with the Cantus, right? We, uh, anytime someone would go to jail, and you guys tell me if this is the way that y'all played. Anytime someone would go to jail and you landed on them, you, you can't, they can't collect. Is that how y'all play? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you're in jail, bro. You broke the law. You don't, you don't get to enjoy, you know, the luxuries of the free market as the rest of us responsible American citizens. But, but when I started playing with Melissa's family, you know, and, and someone was in jail and I landed on them, then they're like, hey, pay up. I'm like, excuse me? I'm so offended. You're in jail. You broke the law. You don't, you don't get to collect. That's the way that they, that's the way that they play, you know? And so anyways, when, when, you, when you see what Jesus is talking about here, it's very easy to relate to it. What he's essentially saying to, the, to these toxic people is he's saying, you're treating the truth like a game. You're treating the truth like a game. And, and, and you're always going to find something to criticize and to complain about. No matter what form that truth comes in, you're always going to find something wrong with it. It's interesting to me that from this text... What, one thing that I, that I get is that truth, and I want, you to, I want you to get this, this is really important. Truth doesn't just come in one form. Truth doesn't just come in one form. I want you to stay with me for a second. See, Jesus says, he says, when John came proclaiming the truth, you said that he had a demon. Now, when I come proclaiming the truth, you say that I'm a glutton and a drunkard. See, John and Jesus, they were two very different people from one another. Yeah, they were... They were cousins, but they, they, were, they were different. John, he was, he was weird. He ate locusts. He you know, wore weird clothes. He was an outcast. He probably you know, stank. He lived in the wilderness. He was a loner. He, was alone. he probably ate lunch by himself. Melissa always criticized me for eating lunch by myself. She's like, what's wrong with you? That's so sad. I'm like, this is the best time of my life. I love eating lunch by myself. And Jesus was different. Jesus, he was a people person. He was always, I mean, you read the scriptures, he's always surrounded by a multitude of people. He was the life of the party. He was there. He turned water into wine at the wedding when all the wine ran out. And, 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 and you know, he, he was the life of the party. Meanwhile, John was probably in the corner table, like eating croutons or something. They were completely different people. Yet, when they came, they came speaking and proclaiming the same declarative truth. Totally different. But they came with the same truth. And as people of God, church, we need to be able to discern. Someone say discern. We need to be able to discern uh, the truth when it's different from what we're used to seeing. Because if we don't do that, church, we're always going to be saying, oh, man, this new generation, this, this new generation, that. You know how every previous generation has an issue with the current generation, right? always criticizing the current generation. Us, we're, we're, we're saying, man, these kids don't want to go play outside. Mm. They, don't, they don't know what commercials are. Le- Layla saw a commercial the other day for like the first time. She was like, what, ha- what happened? 
just interrupted her program. What is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's an ad. She, she understands what ads are, but these commercials were like, you know, five minutes long. She's like, this is a long ad. Man, this generation doesn't know how to change a tire, right? We, we, we say all these things, but, but the problem is when we bring that mentality into the church, it's dangerous because it, it's hurtful when, when people think that you love God less because you have a tattoo. Because you're, you're more 21st century than they are. The last generation, I, I mean, it, I remember having a, I had an earring. <laughs> you can criticize me for that. I shouldn't have had an earring. Not for spiritual purposes, but for other ones. Uh, but I, I remember getting home one, one day. Uh, we were staying at my, my grandparents' house, and I was sick. I was sick. And he said, you know why you're sick, right? <laughs> so he was like, it was that thing, it's that thing you got in your ear. <laughs> uh, I remember, I remember when I was in high school, man, we, we brought a, a praise team here to one of our youth services. They were like a hip-hop dance team. It was really cool, you know, relevant to the, to the kids. And, and I remember my dad saying that he had to calm uh, down a lady who was outside crying because this generation was lost. And how my dad, how dare you allow dance in the church? <laughs> and... So I think, man, as our generation gets older, man, what are we going to be criticizing our kids for in the way that they choose to worship? Truth doesn't just have one form. It's not bound by the way that you were raised. It's not, it, it's not bound by one decade of time. It's not bound by what you're used to. It's not more holy if it's more traditional. It doesn't just have one form. And, and the more we start developing this type of mindset the more we become critical of the truth. We don't want to criticize the truth, man. That's the truth. You start criticizing the truth, you start sounding foolish. And we become just like these critics, these toxic people that Jesus is talking to who begin tearing down the kingdom of God. It seems to happen to every, every generation. That's why I wanted to bring this word this morning to encourage this generation to seek discernment, man, that we may be able to to discern what the truth is, no matter what form it comes in, that that you never think the truth is the truth because it's your truth, but it's God's truth. I'm almost done. My will come up. I remember. I remember listening to some hard rock Christian music. When I was a teenager, because, you know, we, we came from Colorado and I wasn't listening to any Christian music when I was in Colorado. I was listening to uh, uh, Lincoln Park. That was my that was my band um, in, in sync. Yeah, in sync. Yeah. But like sometimes I, I wanted to get a little more edgy. And so I would listen to Lincoln Park. And I remember <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this song, but uh, there's a song by Lincoln Park where the bridge, the, the guy is just he's just screaming and he's going Shut up when I'm talking to you. Shut up. Right? I don't know if you know that. Brandon's, Brandon's like headbanging over there. Uh, I remember listening to that with my, my cousin Kiefer, and we we're just like, shut up. And my aunt walked in, and she was like, what are y'all doing? Like, she got freaked out. And she wasn't even Christian. Like, I thought she was about to like perform an exorcism. Because we were just there, shut up, you know? Oh, 11, 10 year old Ryan. And, <laughs> and so when I came back, 
to Houston, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta find some Christian music, but you know, I, I don't want it to be, I want it to be something that I, I like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't like, I, I turned on KSBJ one time and I heard my deliverer is coming. And I was like, this is not going to be the music that I listen to. Okay. <laughs> so I had to find something. And I remember finding some, you know, hard, hard rock, uh, Christian music. And I would get scolded for listening to it because it was demonic. And I was like, but the message is Jesus. Like it's talking about, how is it demonic? Even though they're talking about Jesus. And, and I, I realized something. I realized that many of the people who think they're criticizing the message are not criticizing the message. They're criticizing the method. It's not the message. There's a difference between the message and the method. You can have the same message with a, a whole bunch of different methods attached to it. Jesus and John, they came bearing the same exact truth, but in different ways. And their critics never even bothered looking at the truth. They, they just criticized how it was presented to them. You criticize John for, for coming not eating, not drinking, being different. Now you criticize Jesus because you think he's a, a glutton and, and a drunkard, but you're not even, you're completely missing the core of what they're saying because you're judging the method, not the message. And so my prayer, church, this morning is that we begin to discern the difference between the message and the method. So that we may always be edifying each other and building up this kingdom of God. And that we only rebuke and criticize when the message is compromised. We don't need a compromised message. But we're going to have it come in different forms. And my prayer this morning is that this generation give the next generation all the tools that they need to worship the way that they want to worship as long as it's in spirit and in truth. Our God is a timeless God. He's a timeless God. And this next generation of of young people, man, we're going to birth some amazing ministries in this church. Incredible ministries. I'm excited for this season of fine arts because we're going to begin to see it. But we, man, we, we need to let them know, hey, it's okay that it's a little bit of a different method. Just don't lose the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. I'm going to do an altar call this morning. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And, and I just want us to seek God. That's all I want, to, I want to ask of you this morning is just to seek God. Seek his presence. Seek discernment. God, that... that Our feelings, my God, not be in the mix, Father God, but that your Holy Spirit reveal to us, God. Reveal to us this morning, Father God. I'm going to open up these altars this morning. Come on, church. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.